Hey, and welcome back to Sweet Talk, the podcast in which I get to react to the critically acclaimed drama Queen Sugar from the Oprah Winfrey Network. My name is Andrea Brown. I have a website called IamAndreaBrown.com, and I'm super excited to get the opportunity to dive right into Queen Sugar Season 4, Episode 4. Now, each week, I deliver you my top three moments from the show, so let's jump right in. The third biggest moment in this week's episode definitely has to do with the lying Landry family. Now, over the last few episodes, we haven't seen that much of the Landrys. We know that this is like an ancillary storyline. It doesn't have um, as big of a play into the episodes as maybe some of the other storylines, like the things that happen with the farm and things like that. But last week, Charlie did go visit Jacob Boudreaux. And you know, she doesn't really take no for an answer. Jacob told her that she was barking up the wrong tree as she has been kind of like X'd out of the board meetings. As you know, she is a board member for Landry Enterprises. She did that, of course, so that she could stay abreast of what was happening. She could keep her eyes on what these people were doing to make sure that everyone that she cared about was safe. Well, turns out that the Landrys have purchased a big chunk of land. And Charlie finally finds out this week what exactly that land is for. Apparently it's gonna be for some type of business center. But on top of that, there's going to be a gigantic highway project that's gonna be developed through that land as well. The most important part here is that the Landry's bought a chunk of land that wouldn't be as affected by this project as the black farmers. Because with the highway plans as they stand now, the black farmer's land would essentially be eliminated. And Charlie, you know, she's not gonna stand for that. One of the other things that she found out was that in order to make this project go through smoothly, that Jacob Boudreaux is actually going to be running for the city council seat that is opening up. Now, I saw in the beginning, the previews for this season, that Charlie as well was going to be making a run for city council. So I know this is going to lead us into something very, very, very exciting. Probably a new wave that Charlie probably doesn't even anticipate quite yet. One of the most key moments though in this situation was when Charlie went to go visit Francis Boudreaux. And of course, Francis is Jacob's mom. Frances is also a board member. She's a sibling of the Landry family. So she went to go visit Frances and it was this country club type vibe. And Frances promptly reminded Charlie that 40 years ago, she wouldn't have been able to have the conversation that she was having right there in that moment, to be in the space that she was in because she just wouldn't have been allowed to be in that place. She also told Charlie that she wasn't like the other black people. And it's always so cringy when things like that happen. When white people will say something like, oh, you're not like them. You're not that type. We're all black. And I know that hurt Charlie's feelings, but Francis did have a point. Charlie has been able to use capitalism to her advantage. She was very, very successful in Hollywood. She was successful at, at making her ex-husband Davis the empire that he is, 
But Charlie also understands that she is still a black woman. Very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that is going to play out. But along those same lines, leading into my number two point, Charlie actually got a text message from Davis while she was with Francis asking her if it would be okay if he surprised Micah. Now, when we find out what this surprise is, it just absolutely floored me. So let's jump into number two. So last week, I asked, where has Davis been? You know, Micah's dad has been a little bit absent, and I really felt like with the whole death threat letter, um, transformation that Micah was going through, I really felt like his dad would have been a a good place for him to rest, a good place for him to get some consolation. But his dad hasn't been around. Well, this week I got my wish because Davis came back, but he probably should have stayed where he was um, because of the way that he came through. He could have kept that, honestly. So like I said, Charlie was meeting with Francis. She gets a text message from Davis asking if he can surprise Micah. She's like, fine, whatever. She doesn't want to talk to this guy. Meh. He shows up at her house. But not only does he show up at her house, he shows up at her house with the child that he fathered out of wedlock. Oh, it's nice, Davis, that you're taking responsibility for your child now that her mother is deceased but you decided to bring the baby to the house I mean she's not a baby she's 13 years old her name is Tia she's a beautiful girl too but it's cringy like why did you think it was okay for you to bring your cheat baby to your ex-wife's house without at least letting her know I mean Charlie wasn't there for it she was of course welcoming to the girl and was very complimentary of her, just like Charlie would be, understanding that Tia is Micah's sibling, but knowing full well that she wasn't about to become a surrogate mother for the child, which I think that's what Davis was trying to create. I mean, at the end of the day, Davis really does want to get Charlie back. He wants the family structure back. He wants everything to be okay. He kind of just wants to sweep everything under the rug like things didn't happen, like he didn't have multiple affairs, like he didn't hide the secret that he actually had a child until last year and that everybody could just come together and sing Kumbaya and everything would be great. But Charlie just wasn't there for it. And she, you know, I'm a little soft-hearted. I would have probably been like, oh, you know, this girl probably needs, you know, some motherly love Charlie was like no like you that's your child and I understand that that's Micah's sibling but don't don't you even begin to think that I'm about to mother this child respect it was very very wild for Davis to think that it would be okay for him to just roll through and think that everything was going to be lovely and I'm glad that Charlie stood her ground on that one so, you know, the running thread in this season is the book Blessings and Blood, right? 
So every week, Nova does something to frustrate me even more. Like, I don't know how far she can really take it, but it's like every week she's adopted this really um, lofty, very out of touch perspective with what her book is doing. I don't understand it. It's like she's become a guru of sorts, like a self-help quote machine. I don't really get it. I don't know why she's doing what she's doing. But in this week's drama, Nova has an encounter with Darla because Darla picked up the book, just like the world is beginning to pick up the book. And she finds out that her story about her being a prostitute and about her being found drugged out with baby blue in the room is in the book as well. And of course, she's frustrated. I mean, Darla has been doing so well for herself. She's sober, she's got a steady job, she's got this new dude that she's seeing, even though that situation, I really don't think that she actually likes the guy. Um, and it may not be that she doesn't like him, it may just be that she's just not ready to start dating again, and she still thinks about Ralph Angel a lot, and maybe possibly thinks, well, maybe we could have worked it out, this guy's not Ralph Angel, and it takes some time to get through that, so I'm letting her make it. But she's come very far, that's, that's the big point. And to see her story displayed in the book was very frustrating for her. So let me tell you, she went and she charged Nova up about the book, but I have a little beef because I was expecting that when she bust through that door, she was going to hit Nova with the victory slap of a lifetime, maybe like a very um, Tyler Perry-esque slap. I was really hoping, and I know it's wrong to want to see violence, but I think that Nova needs an awakening that a slap would have provided her. It's just, hmm, she didn't do it though. I was just hoping that it would actually happen, but it didn't, uh, okay. So Nova got away again. But Darla did have some choice words for her. Number one, as a mother, she wanted to know how Nova could even begin to consider putting that story in the book without taking into consideration how it would affect Blue. Who wants to find out that their mother was a prostitute because some kid's mom read the book and said something to him or a teacher or whatever, right? That's not good. And additionally, like I said, Darla has come such a long way and this information is threatening the life that she's really building right now. And what was Nova's response? I didn't use your real name. Well, you used the name that she went by when she was a prostitute. So everyone in the town knows who Star is. Well, the world won't know, but it doesn't matter what the world knows if my world is crumbling down. Here's my thing. Nova has so many, so many stories that she could have told of her own. Again, Nova has a checkered past that could easily have made for good book content. Yet and still, she's busy telling other people's stories. Another person's story that she told was her dad. Now at this book reading that she did, she did a book reading and a book signing, and unfortunately the only person from her family that was there was Micah because he's so blinded by his love for her. 
that he showed up to support. But Nova read a snippet or an excerpt from the book that wasn't in the manuscript, it was a late edition. So it was a story about her traveling with her father, getting ready to go on a fishing trip. They stopped to pick up some bait. Her dad went into the store, but didn't come back with bait. Instead came back with a busted up lip and three white guys laughing and smiling. He got back in the car, didn't say anything, and they didn't wind up fishing. And at the time, as a child, she didn't really understand what was going on. But apparently, those three white guys had said some things about what they wanted to do to Nova. And from the time that they got back from the trip, her dad was very, very protective of her. Until he wasn't. So one night, Nova said that she was walking through the cane fields and she saw her dad digging a deep hole and then shove something in it and then bury that something in a hole. And after that, he wasn't worried about the white guys anymore. So sis, what you're telling me is, what you're insinuating is that your father murdered or knows who murdered three white guys that were thinking about assaulting you? Now sis, come on, you snitched on your own dad? You think it's okay just because your dad's dead that you told a story about him potentially knowing and or having something to do with the murder of three white guys and then burying them on your family's land? You think that's okay? Micah seems to think it was okay. Oh yeah, she told a story about sometimes you have to take justice into your own hands. No, bro, that, that's no, that's not a good look. Nova, there are just so many stories that you could have told about yourself. Instead, you decided to take other people's business and put it all on Front Street. Now, come on, man. Come on, fam. You're better than that. You had so many good things that you could have told about yourself, like how you went and slept with the married white police officer when you were out telling people that white people were not really about that life. You have so many great things that you could have storied and told, but you didn't. Why? Now she's about to go out on a six week book tour. She's gonna be confronted with a bunch of stuff and I hope somebody calls her to the carpet and I'm still waiting for somebody to hit her with the victory slap. Cause she needs it. She needs just, just wake up. Like I, I don't understand. Maybe you guys can help me understand. Just write something in the comments and tell me why Nova's doing what she's doing. I don't get it guys. She has to do better. Every week it's the same thing. It's this book and her disconnectedness. It's like she has become a book full of Iyanla Van Zandt quotes mixed with Dr. Phil and I just, I'm not here for it. Well, that just about wraps up this week's episode of Sweet Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, I'm Andrea Brown of IamAndreaBrown.com. If you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a comment. See you next week.